humans, hello humans, hello humans of the world. It's me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio. And once again, there are no pre-recorded portions of this show. You have me live once more, once more. And actually, I'm going to be live next Saturday as well. I mean, really, can you believe it? I don't know. But how are you? Happy Saturday. Happy cold Saturday <laughs> here in Minnesota. I don't even get started about the weather. Um, but you're listening to me. Ellie Krug on Ellie 2.0 Radio on lovely AM 950, speaking to you from the bunker in Eden Prairie. Uh, I am thrilled to be here. I am. And uh, uh, this show, unfortunately, will not have a big interview, but don't worry. I promise to keep it interesting. Uh, People call me a number of things, uh, but thankfully, boring is not one of those adjectives. (laughs) Um, and what will we cover on this edition of LA 2.0 Radio? Well, um, uh, for this week's featured idealist, I'll cover an innovative progressive Democrat running for the U.S. Senate seat in Louisiana. We're going to also talk about the pushback uh, against book bans going on across the U.S. So there's now a movement pushing back against the book ban. So you're going to be interested about that. Now I'm going to talk about... An, Assuming I get to all this, I'm going to talk about a new poll that came out this week regarding the number of young Americans who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. And, of course, I will talk about my work as an idealist. But first, let me begin with this week's prompt. Now, remember, it's a live show. Remember, you can call. Remember, Ellie loves speaking to my listeners. Okay? Um, So here's the prompt, though, all right, for this week, okay? The prompt is, tell us about an act of kindness that recently came your way, either directed to you or to someone you care about, or a recent act of kindness that you directed to someone else. I don't think that we talk about how we're good to each other nearly enough. I don't. And I'll tell you why, uh, in part. This is in part prompted by my show last week, where I talked about living in Victoria and in Carver County and how the people there have been very welcoming to me. And, And do you know, I got emails or texts or whatever it was, messages, I don't know how it came to me, but I got from two different people telling me they were shocked that I was being welcomed in Carver County, that I, that I felt welcome there. And so I don't think we talk enough about how we're actually good to each other. And to kick off this prompt, okay, so I want to hear from you. Acts of kindness that have been directed your way recently or to people that you love or acts of kindness that you have directed to someone. That's okay. You can do a little braggadociousness, okay? Um, I don't even know if that's a word, but there you got the idea. But to kick this off, let me share a quick story about some kindness that came my way. Okay? Jack, <laughs> my beautiful golden retriever, um, is uh, wonderful, except, you know, uh, I'm starting to travel more for my job. And I'm ha- I have to head to Nebraska at the end of March uh, to do some community training um, around human inclusivity. Um, so knowing that, I knew that going back more than a month ago. And as soon as I knew a month ago that I was going to be in Nebraska at the end of March, I put in a request to put my dog in the kennel at a 
the kennel that we use regularly, and they, they, they wait-listed me, but they usually do that, and then they get back to you, and they say, okay, you're in. Don't worry about it. Well, this time, uh, I'm still on the wait list, so I called them up uh, this week and found out that not only is their kennel full, every other kennel in the Twin Cities is full because the end of March happens to be spring break. Didn't understand that. Of course, I'm a first-time dog owner. There you go, okay? Or maybe I should say dog guardian. So um, I tried to use my imagination a little bit, and, uh, you know, I used, I'm on the Nextdoor app. If you're not on the Nextdoor app, highly, highly recommend it. It is a wonderful, wonderful resource. And put out a shout-out on Nextdoor <clears throat> for dog sitters, somebody come to my house um, and just stay with Jack while I was gone. I got, I'm not kidding you, I got many, many replies. I was shocked by the number of replies I've got. And it also goes to show you how much people love dogs, okay, Um, especially golden retrievers. But there was one reply, okay. Um, The the person said that she, she wasn't, she, she wasn't, writing to me to tell me that she'd be willing to dog sit. She wrote to me and said, I have a retired couple that live next to me um, who had lost their golden retriever and now want golden retrievers to come and visit them, you know, or stay overnight. And she asked, Ellie, is it okay if I give your name to my neighbors? And I'm like, sure, of course. And boom, just like that. I mean, it didn't take much time. I had a text from uh, uh, the retired couple who said they would love to meet my dog, Jack. And um, and so I, um, I mean, I'm just trying to get the story in my head right. The couple is in their 70s, um, and they had lost their golden recently. So we had a phone call, conversation, and they went on to explain – you know, they're just not into getting another puppy, um, but they still need their golden retriever fix. And if I have any golden retriever listeners here, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, about getting a golden retriever fix. These folks sound like the nicest people in the world. And it turns out that they don't, I, I don't even think they live a mile from me. Um, but as I was having this call with them, both of them were on the phone. It was just quite wonderful. Uh, Jack was at my feet as I was speaking to this couple, and I, whis- I turned and whispered to Jack, and I said, Jack, we found your grandparents. <laughs> so a couple hours from now, um, yet today, uh, Jack and I are going to go meet this couple. And I just know that they are going to fall in love with my pup. I, I know it. I know they're going to fall in love with Jack. Everybody loves Jack. This dog, like all golden retrievers, doesn't have a mean body in his, <laughs> mean bone in his body. But there's one last thing I want to share with you about kindness, okay? With because of who I am, of course, you know, the voice and all that stuff. Um, uh, I... I, I was honest with them, and I, I spoke to them, and I said, well, listen, you know, I know you want us to come and, and all that stuff, but before we really meet you, I need to let you know that I'm transgender. And I know, and I went on to say, I know that some people are intolerant of, of transgender people, and I said, if that's the case with you, that's fine, just let me know, and, you know, 
we'll just go our separate ways. They didn't miss a beat and said, that's just fine with us, Ellie. Bring Jack. It melted my heart. So, you know. So I'll let you know how it goes, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> but that's a story of kindness. So I would love to hear from more listen- uh, from listeners. Tell me about acts of kindness that have come your way or ways of people that you love, okay, or how you've engaged, given somebody an act of kindness. I think that that would just be wonderful if you could do that, okay? And I'd love to hear from you. Oh, I should give you the number. Hey, Ellie, give the number, 952-946-6205. Give us a call and uh, tell us about your um, acts of kindness, okay? All right, so let me move into uh, our, this week's, well, no, you know what? Let me move into a different story. So I want to talk with you about uh, a survey that came out this week, uh, and it's an amazing, amazing survey. It's a new Gallup poll. They announced the results, and here is a, here's the, the, Topic sentence, okay, um, from a story that showed up in uh, ABC News uh, written by Toni Morrison. Uh, Not that Toni Morrison, a different Toni Morrison. It's with a Y, not an I. Um, uh, Titled, Number of Adults Who Identify as LGBT Has Doubled in Past Decade. And it goes on to say that Gallup has found that the number of Americans who identify as something other than heterosexual has more than doubled. So currently, okay, so... So in 2012, 3.5% of all Americans, okay, based on surveys, um, identified as LGBTQ, okay? This new survey that came out from Gallup this week, new survey, 7.1% now of Americans identify as LGBTQ, but it's even way more interesting than that. Now, so if you, hold on a second, I guess I should give you some stats, okay? We have 332 million Americans right now, give or take a few hundred thousand, okay? If you if 7.1% of Americans are considered LGBTQ, that comes up to 24 million Americans are part of the LGBTQ plus alphabet. And you know what I think? I don't think that's an accurate number. I think there are far more LGBTQ people out there than anyone knows. I do. I do. But here is the kicker, okay? Here's the kicker. For millennials, that is people born between 81 and 96, 10% of millennials identify as LGBTQ. But it gets even better. Sorry. I just have to say, it does get better because it's about a diverse country. It's about us being able to live authentically. It's about us being who we want to be, okay, and not being suppressed. For Generation Z, these are folks born between 1997 and 2012, okay? For Generation Z, 20% of Generation Z folks identify as LGBTQ. Wow. Why is that? Is that because we're just seeing a whole lot of, you know, gay men and lesbians and transgender people around and straight people like ordinarily straight people like, hey, I got to try that. I mean, that that's looking good to me. You know, no, no. It's just that when people start showing up living 
authentically living their lives as who they are, okay, others see that. And they say, I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to suppress. I'm going to live authentically just like he or she is. That's all that that means. So I found it incredible to get this survey and hear these results. Okay, well, there you got that. All right, now the prompt again. I'd love to hear about acts of kindness that came your way or that you did um, for someone else. Give me a call. Come on, I need to talk to you today. We all need to hear about good things. 952-946-6205. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about our featured idealist of the week. You're going to like this guy. Thanks. And we're back, LA 2.0 Radio. I am live. <laughs> oh, we're on AM 950. Um, and I would love to hear from you. I know I'm always asking my listeners to call in, but I, you know, ordinarily this show is taped. I don't get to talk to listeners. And, you know, I want to, and I want to hear about good things. I want to hear stories of kindness. We do not share stories of kindness nearly enough. I mean, all that we do here, literally, all that we do here are hear stories of how we're not, we're not good to each other because that's what sells. That's sexy. So I want the opposite. I want some stories. What, what goodness has come in your way recently by somebody else or what goodness have you brought to someone else? Give me a call at 952 9466205. Okay, let's talk about this week's featured idealist. His name is Gary Chambers Jr. He's 37 years old, lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Last month, he announced his candidacy for the U.S. Senate, a seat currently occupied by John Kennedy. And I cannot tell you how much it pains me that that man in Louisiana has John Kennedy's name. I just don't even get me started. Because the Louisiana John Kennedy senator um, is an ultra-Trump loyalist. Um, now, you may not recognize the name Gary Chambers, okay? But I suspect that you may have heard about some of the things he's done. For example, in 2020, in the wake of George Floyd's murder, there was a push to remove uh, the um, Lee High School name. It was named for Robert E. Lee in Baton Rouge. Pushed to rename it. And, um, and this is a school system where uh, Chambers, he has a daughter, where she attends school. During the debate over the name change, Chambers displayed a photograph of one of the school board members doing online shopping during the public uh, comment portion of the meeting. Chambers asserted that the school, this school board member uh, didn't care about racial justice. And the, uh, and the video of Chambers giving public testimony about this and holding up the photograph of the woman of the board member um, shopping, okay, <laughs> rather than listening, uh, it went viral. And ultimately, it helped to change the name of the high school to Liberty Magnet School. Chambers has previously attempted to run for Louisiana uh uh, the, the Louisiana House uh, or Senate seat. It was somewhere in the legislature. 
And also last year, he ran in a special election for LA's con- uh, Louisiana's second congressional election. You know, Ellie, can you just read the words on your handwritten notes? Uh, yeah, sorry about that, folks. He got close to enough votes uh, in his congressional run, uh, got close enough to have a runoff for the for the Democratic primary, but he missed the runoff by about 1,500 votes. But he got 21% of the Democratic vote in the, in, in the primary. But Gary Chambers is now back, and he's back on our radar um, and last month he kicked off his Senate bid. And I'm sure many of you saw the ad uh, that kicked off his Senate bid uh, a couple, oh, three or four weeks ago. It has Chambers uh, um, in a suit, seated in a stuffed chair, in the middle of a grassy field. He's holding a blunt, okay, which for those that don't know, it's part cigar, part marijuana joint. And he lights it up. The ad, titled 37 Seconds, hashtag just like me, is aimed at destigmatizing the use of marijuana and highlighting how black people are arrested for pot possession at four times the rate of white people. Here's the ad. I, it's 37 seconds long. You'll, you're going to enjoy it. Go ahead. Every 37 seconds, someone is arrested for possession of marijuana. Since 2010, state and local police have arrested an estimated 7.3 million Americans for violating marijuana laws, over half of all drug arrests. Black people are four times more likely to be arrested for marijuana laws than white people. States waste $3.7 billion enforcing marijuana laws every year. Most of the people police are arresting aren't dealers, but rather people with small amounts of pot, just like me. I'm Gary Chambers, and I'm running for the U.S. Senate. And I approve this message. And in the ad, we watched him light up and <laughs> take a good long drag uh, from his blunt. Uh, it's an innovative ad, you know, and I think he is the very first uh, political candidate or politician, whatever, to actually smoke marijuana on television. So you got to give him credit for that. Now, what he told CNN. He said, quote, it's long past due that politicians stop pretending to be better or different than the people they represent. He went on to say, quote, some parts of the country are fighting opioid addictions and creating millionaires and better schools from the marijuana industry. Others are creating felonies and destroyed families. I can't stand for that, unquote. He's right. He's right. People of color, particularly black people, particularly black men, are arrested for marijuana possession at four times. Here in the Twin Cities, they did a study, I think they came up with six times the rate of white colored people. Think about that. And then, of course, you get it on your record. Um, Just the fact that you've got an arrest and maybe a conviction on your record here in Minnesota... It's going to keep you from getting a certain, a good number of kinds of jobs. And so, you know, my hat is off to him. Chambers is 36 years old, and he got a rough start in life with his mother committing suicide when he was just two months old. His father at the time was an alcoholic, although his father has since sobered up. Good for that man. So Chambers went to live with his aunt and his uncle. His aunt was a school teacher. His uncle was a custodian. And he calls them mom and dad. Um, 
recently, uh, Chambers started a nonprofit, Bigger Than Me, doing community work. And he's also done uh, created a um, community-focused publication for the black community called The Rogue Collection. He is firmly entrenched in the progressive platform, okay, of doing a number of things, you know, supporting, supporting what progressives are doing across the country. Um, does he have a chance in Louisiana? Don't know. Would he rock the world at the U.S. Senate if he got elected? Uh-huh. He could be the U.S. Senate equivalent of AOC. We'll see what happens. But Gary Chambers, remember that name, because even if he does not get elected this time around against John Kennedy, oh, again, even if he doesn't get elected, okay, we're not, it's not going to be the last time we're going to hear from Gary Chambers. This guy is, he's persistent to his credit. And remember, that's what idealists are. They are, among other things, persistent. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for our featured idealist. When you come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about book bans and what's going on in the country. But before we, please give me a call. Tell me something good that's happened in the world, okay, to you or something you've done that's good. 952-946-6205. Come on. I can hear from you. Thanks. And we're back, Ellie 2.0 Radio, um, uh, live. <laughs> okay, well, listen, um, I, I'm still going to put the prompt out for you because time is getting shorter, but nonetheless, I know there's at least one person out there that has an incredible happy story about how kindness has come into their life or something they've done that's kind. So I that at least you one person that I know... I know. Give me a call because we all need to hear about how we are good to each other. 952-946-6205. And while I'm waiting for that call, <laughs> um, let me talk about book bans, okay? So part of this is I caught this story on NPR uh, last week, and uh, it's about a group called Red Wine and Blue. I'm looking at their website right now as I'm speaking to you. Red wine, okay, you're getting it, okay, and blue, and the logo has a part, partly a, a wine bottle in the logo. Here's what, how their website landing page uh, comes to you. It says, it starts out, not political, question mark, no problem, period. In fact, it's perfect. And then they go on to write, since 2016, women across the suburbs have been gathering first to lament, and then to figure out how to change the world together. Uh, duh! Sounds like idealist to me. And it goes on to say, we are building on this sisterhood and creating new momentum with digital content, media, and tools that empower our unique voices and networks. And then uh, if you go down, they write, they've got three main missions, meaningful action, um, where they, they write they want to 
add to their own unique value. We want to provide a way of making a difference that empower you to tap into the network, compelling content about what they write about there, and then fun connections. We're connecting women who care about the same issues we do. So it's a way of working together, but having a blast doing it. That's what they write. Now, the reason they got on my radar is that they, um, they have a interactive page that allows you, they've got what they're calling book band busters, okay, all right? And they talk about, and they've got a page that says book band busters, all right? And then underneath that, they've got had enough of the BS, get involved and use the map below to find book bands near you. Now, it is, they have a map of the U.S., which is incredibly interactive, and you can click on it. For example, I'm clicking on Minnesota right now, and uh, it writes uh, it, it writes about uh, the um, Osseo uh, area school district 279. How it had considered shelving a book born uh, born a crime, but refused to do that. Okay, so Osseo, way to go, Osseo! You you did not shelve the book, but they've got other states. So you can go to a bunch of other states in uh, Texas. There are so many pins in Texas about book bans. It's not even funny. And it's listing for various locations, various school districts, the request to ban books. I cannot stress enough to you about how incredible this organization is, Red Wine and Blue. Go to their website. All you have to do is Google Red wine and blue, and you will be able to find it um, and be able to use this interactive map. Um, and uh, I have, re- just for the record, I have reached out to Red Wine and Blue and asked them to be on this show. But you know, it's LE 2.0. They're like, what is this about? And so, you know, I don't have enough clout maybe to get the attention of this organization. But if you want to write to them and say, hey, you know, there's this really great radio show in the Twin Cities that goes across the world because of podcasts um, and the Internet. Um, and you should be on the show. Hey, do that for me, okay? I'd love to get a little help. That's called allyship. So check them out, Red Wine and Blue, and there you go. Now, in addition to that, I've got a story here um, that showed up on CNN uh, written by Amanda Musa. Uh, and it came down uh, just yesterday. Um, titled, Two Students in ACLU Sue Missouri School District Over Removing Eight Books from Libraries. Now think about this, okay? You got parents across the country coming in and complaining about books, and you got school districts, and maybe some of them are suing school districts, and you got school districts scared to death about these parents, and they're just rolling over, rolling over and removing books from uh, school libraries. Well, this story is about eight books being removed from the Wentzville, W-E-N-T-Z-V-I-L-L-E, school district in Missouri. It's one of the suburbs of St. Louis, where the school board has adopted a policy that if a parent wants a book removed, the book's going to be removed from the school district. And this school board has has authorized and mandated the removal of eight books from the school district's libraries. And what they've got now is the ACLU in Missouri has gotten involved. Thank you, Missouri ACLU. And recruited two students, or the two students recruited the ACLU. Um, By the way, 
ACLU can actually recruit people. It's uh, an exception in the law to um, to um, the way lawyers operate about solicitation. And what they've done is they've filed a suit claiming that it's a violation of the stu- students' rights, okay, because the district banned the books from, quote, from school libraries because of the ideological disagreement members of the school district's board have and certain vocal community members have with the ideas and viewpoints expressed in that book. So this is about First Amendment. First Amendment right of students to be able to learn. How do you like that for turning things on their head? Here's a quote from uh, Tony Rothert. He heads the Integrated Advocacy for Missouri's ACLU program. He told CNN this, that the school district's on a book-banning spree, and he went on to say this, quote, the school district adopted policies that make it easy for any disgruntled community member to force any book from the shelves for any reason. This plays right into the hands of those with an agenda to rid our public schools of viewpoints belonging to anyone other than straight white men. I mean, you got to love that. I mean, this is like, this is just like laying it out, laying it out. And the most recently booked uh, band was The Bluest Eye um, by uh, Toni Morrison. That's now the Toni Morrison with the eye, okay? And that book, uh, The Bluest Eye, is about a black girl who believes that beauty is, is really tied to being white and that she wants blue eyes, okay? Because believes that blue eyes help make you beautiful, all right? And, you know, other books that, that the Wentzville uh, School District have banned are uh, Fun Home, a Family, a Tragic Comic Paper Book by Allison Bechtel, All Boys Aren't, uh, I can't get the whole uh, title there, Heavy, an American Memoir by uh, Kesey Lehman, Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison, Gabby, A Girl in Pieces by Isabel Quintero. So, um, you know, first of all, a lot of those books you probably have never read and don't know anything about. Can you imagine how parents are going, checking books out of libraries? Or there's a master list. Remember the 850 books um, down in Texas that are on a master list that somebody just combed through to, there might be a scene about that might be sexual or there might be some swear words in it, and automatically that means, no, my, the books have to be banned. I don't want my child to have access to them. You know what? You can just tell your child, don't read the book. Can't you just do that? Can't you just say, hey, kid, don't read the book, but leave the book in the library for some other kids because maybe the parents are like, I don't care. This is important for them to have expanded perspective about the world. Isn't that what our schools are supposed to be teaching kids? Yeah, math and science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But aren't they supposed to be, and I know my producer's going to nod on this one, aren't they supposed to be teaching these kids to understand the world better and that it is varied, filled with all kinds of different humans, kind of like different humans, including a transgender woman who does look like a chick but sounds like a dude. And that that's okay. Right? So, okay, well, listen, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, I am going to talk about, I don't know exactly what, but we will come up with it. But I would love to hear from you. Stories of kindness. Please, 952-946-6205. Thank you.
And we're back, Yelly 2.0 Radio. You've got me for another uh, 10 minutes, and then I'm gone. And uh, so far, I have to say, with the greatest degree of disappointment, I've not heard from anyone about acts of kindness that they've seen that has been sent their way or that they've sent to somebody else. And that has me worried. Have there been no acts of kindness <laughs> in recent time for all any of my listeners? I don't know. Is it just such a cruel, cruel world? Well, listen, I'd like to hear from you, 952-946-6205. That will be the last time I will give out the phone number and ask for somebody to call in response to our prompts. So I'd love to hear from you. Okay, I just got done talking to you about red wine and blue, about suburban women getting together, working to ban books, but they're, they're, they're working to do other things, so go to that website. But now uh, I want to talk about what's called Codger Power because it's another group of people getting together. And uh, this is all triggered by a New York Times guest essay. The title of it is, quote, Call it Codger Power, We're Older and Fighting for a Better America. And um, this is, uh, it's got a picture of Neil Young holding up his fist. This is a piece by Bill McKibben and Akaya Winwood. Dan, okay, all right, great. Um, So uh, the, the, the piece, the opinion piece by McKibben and Winwood, um, it was in the New York Times on February 7th, begins this way. Neil Young and Joni Mitchell did more than go after Spotify for spreading COVID disinformation last week. They also inadvertently signaled what could turn out to be an extraordinarily important revival of an older generation fully rejoining the fight for a working future. Um, you can call it with a wink. Codger Power. And they go on to write about this organization called Third Act. And all you got to do is Google Third Act, okay? And Third Act will come up, okay? And you go to the landing page for Third Act, and you will see it starts out with Third Act is people over the age of 60, uh, experienced Americans, determined to change the world for the better. We must muster political and economic power to move Washington and Wall Street in the name of a fair, more sustainably sustainable society and planet. We back up the great work of younger people and we make good trouble of our own. And, it, and it, again, it's, it, it's organized around locales and where you are and each group's work on different things. So among their initiatives are protecting the vote bugging the banks, okay, about uh, keeping money, supporting the fossil fuel industry. Um, their working principles are they're, we- they're eager to build a strong and healthy culture right from the start, one that makes Third Act productive and even kind of joyful for those involved. Okay, so this is also about having some fun, just like with the suburban moms. The more fun it is, the more we get done. And so I... Uh, I absolutely recommend going and checking out Third Act. It is a wonderful, wonderful organization from what I can tell on the website. And I'm going to also ask for them to come on the on, on Tueli 2.0. We'll see what happens with that as well. Who knows? But, okay. All right. So, um, okay, we've got Walt on the phone from South Minneapolis. Walt, are you there? Yes. Hi, Ellie. And uh, here's my little story. So, uh 
So earlier this week, uh, my mailman came by, and he um, he uh, uh, managed to drive his van up onto a snowbank at the end of the street. So eventually I get over there with a shovel and work at it quite a while, and it didn't quite work. And a neighbor lady observes this and comes out with a bucket of gravel, and it uh, it did work finally, and we all kind of laughed, and it was kind of a combined effort. And then she um, asked me how I was doing because a couple years ago I had a severe... Um, um, injury to my leg and uh, managed to completely sever three hamstrings and she referred me to an excellent physician and I ultimately went to physical therapy and she was asking me every few oh. okay Walt I'm sorry we lost you um, but Walt I will tell you I love the story okay and your story is about helping people out and neighbors coming out of their homes and talking to each other, which is incredibly, incredibly important. And, uh, Walt, thank you for calling, and I appreciate it. Dan, do we have anybody else? Okay, I've got another caller on the line. Go ahead. Hello. Okay, I guess we've lost that caller. All right. Okay, sorry about that, folks. No worries. All right, so... um, I've got uh, about five minutes left. If that second caller wants to try and call back, that would be great. Otherwise, let me just talk a little bit about my work. So I've, what I've done here is I, I've now shared with you on this show about two organic organizations, uh, women, you know, uh, Red, Wine, and Blue, and Third Act. And it's about people getting together, using their imagination, using the Internet, obviously, to do work, to do grass work grassroots work to do stuff that we need to absolutely do. And I, I just got to tell you, uh, I think this is the only way we're going to save our, our country. I think it's the only way that we're going to preserve our democracy. We've got to do this kind of hard work, you know, and find your group, go find your group, but go and, and do what you want to do. All right, and, and get involved. All right, do I have another caller on the line, Dan? Nope, okay, all right, well then, all right, so here is my work. Here's what I've been doing. Um, you know, out in Carver County, they've got this, I talked about this last week, but I've done more work on it this week, um, about this thing called community of belonging in Carver County, about getting people who are invisible, people who are not, you know, seen, you know, people who are are struggling economically, people who are of different skin colors, who are LGBTQ, and about trying to give them a, a sense of belonging, about inclu- being inclusive, which uh, I define as, uh, you know, mattering. You know, if you matter to a community, you're going to want to invest in it and stay in it. And if you don't matter, uh, you're not going to invest. You're going to leave. And so I've been doing that kind of work. I've been, this week, I met with the people from the city of Victoria to to try and start mapping out what communities of belonging would look like. And and I think that, uh, I mean, they're very, very supportive. They really were. I think I found two idealists uh, at the city of Victoria. And uh, so stay tuned. I'll give you more information about that. I've got Lynette from Chaska on the phone. Lynette, this makes three times you've called, and I love it. How are you? Hi, Ellie. Um, well, you know, I think if you're a kind person, you can't probably keep track of kindness because it should be an everyday thing. So I think there's things that I probably see every day that either I do or I see other people do. But I'm like, well, that's the way life should be. So I don't think it's 
it's hard for me to think of things. But I have a reverse situation for you. When you moved to Victoria, I thought of a friend of mine who used to be a friend of mine who also lives in Victoria. And when Trump became president, she stopped talking to me, unfriended me on Facebook. And so maybe we could do a kind thing. She loves dogs. Bring your dog over to her house. We will say hello and reconnect. What do you think? You know what? Um, I think that that's a great idea. That's a great idea. So, Lynette, email me, and we'll work out trying to do that, okay? Okay, so, that would be so you, much fun. Do you need the email, or do you have it? I think I have it. Ellie Krug. Ellie J. Ellie J. Krug at Gmail, okay? Ellie J. Krug at Gmail. Got it. That'd we'll be great. It. Email me, and we'll figure something out about doing that. And then maybe we, okay. uh, we can report to the audience about how that went, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks All right. for calling. Bye. All right. Great to hear from you. Bye-bye. I mean, what Lynette just said, everyone, is actually what we need to do. I, I mean, I'm serious about it. And we, we got to quit. We got to quit sitting in our camps, taking pot shots at those who aren't part of our group. We've got to go and we have to reach out to people. We do. As hard as that may be, as difficult as that may be, we've got to do that. We are at great risk because of our group behaviors. And we have to be brave. It takes a lot of bravery. It takes time. It takes, you know, gumption. But we have to do that if we're going to survive. I know that sounds pretty ominous, but I truly believe that. We've got to talk to each other. Okay, well, listen, that's our show. Um, thank you for my callers that I've had call in. I appreciate that. Um, big uh, thanks to my producer, Dan, and to my audience. You know what? I'll be back next week. I'm going to have Nick, um, Nick Ohm uh, from... Uh, an LGBT uh, business group. I've had Nick on a couple of times and he's going to come back and give us an update on what he's been doing. He's a young man with a very, very bright, idealistic future. Okay, thanks for calling in. Oh, and by the way, between now and next week, go and do something good, okay? Go and try and make the world a better place. All right, take care. Ellie Krug, Ellie 2 Radio, signing off. Bye-bye.